Hey guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host as always, Aaron, uh, here once again in my quote-unquote home studio in order to bring you some, you know, exciting and fun new content. Um, today with me, I have once again the amazing uh, Dungeons & Dragons DMs from the Brooklyn Strat. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Phoebe, Dizzy, Annie, and Lexa for coming back on. Um, they've been coming on, you know, about once a month or so in order to play uh, this game called The World of All Souls, uh, which was basically a D&D setting that was created by Phoebe and that we've all been kind of assembling. But now we're going to start actually varying it up. Phoebe DM'd the last two games, and now we're going to start rotating through the rest of the group so that you guys can get a sense of how different DMs work and also kind of just get each of their own individual styles. Uh, so Lexa's going to be doing that for us today. How are you feeling, Lexa? So far, so good. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can only prepare so much in a way. But before we begin, you know, I thought we would talk a little bit about more stuff about game prep. I talked with these guys about non-player character creation or NPCs, uh, which is an important part of creating really any world that you're going to play in. But of course, the game won't be possible unless people created characters of their own. So I thought this week we would talk a little bit about player character creation and a little bit on how DMs uh, kind of interact with that. So I guess my first question about that kind of topic is, you know, player character creation is obviously a little bit of a personal setting, but how do you guys as DMs try to give advice to people who are creating characters for your games? Like, how hands-on are you with that process? So, I'd say I try and be about as hands-on as they want me to be. It really depends on who you're working with. I've had people who want me to, like, walk them through every step of character creation, who uh, are trying to make sure that their stats met, their personality met, matches their background. And then I've had people who I'm just like, what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of archetypes do you want to follow? And then they answer and I kind of point them in a direction and they run free. Yeah, character creation, uh, I usually try to approach it from from like more of a story perspective. Like, you know, uh, obviously for new players, it's important to introduce like sort of the various like kinds of class and race and what that means uh, that you could be. But I feel like the longevity of a character and how fun they are to play uh, is rooted a lot in like you know, what they're about personally and how they inter are able to interact with the story. And it's a lot easier and a lot, I, I find a lot more fun as a DM if you're able to sort of eke out parts of a character that you can work into your own plot and sort of like give back to the player in that way to be like, mm. uh, you told me you ran away from home. Here's your long lost brother uh, that you haven't seen in a long time. Right. So it sounds like it's more, it's it's less that the DMs help. I mean, they help sometimes on like the front end, but mostly it's that they take what players make and kind of put that into the story in a way. Right, exactly. Um, I would say that that's actually probably one of the most important parts of our job as a DM is to take the characters that were given and build them into the story. The way I always explain D&D to people who haven't played before is you were the characters in the book and I am the person who has written the plot. 
However, I have written the plot separate from your own actions. Mm -hmm. We write the story plot, they write the character plot, so to speak. Uh, The one thing I will add to what Dizzy and uh, Alexa have said already is that I will also break it down into two major groups because most of my players are either focused mostly on what does my character do, how do my stats help me achieve what I want, or they're more focused on playing their character's personality. So I think that's a very important thing to assess, uh, which is harder to do with newer players, but with more experienced players, that will often be my first question is, where do you fall on that side of the line? And what do you want from me? I agree, that is, yeah, that's the thing that I'd I'd attach myself to. Um, I think there are two main jobs that have kind of been articulated already. But one job is to give the players what they want, and the other job is to ask of the players what you need to craft a bigger story. In order to give the players what they want, um, as you said, it's kind of helping them reframe in the sense of like, what player experience do I want and how can I get it? So what classes can I play that will let me play the game that I want to play? And what can I give my character that will allow me to have the kind of experience I want? And then on the other side, I find it as um, a combination of how can I help this player make sure their character is not a complete character, especially if you're starting at level one. I think one mistake that I like definitely made the first time I made a character was to try to make a complete character who was a level one, like a, a hero at level oh, okay. one. Yeah. There needs to be somewhere to go there. Um, <laughs> as the, the great and powerful Brennan Lee Mulligan says, you need to leave room for the arc. And then the other part of it is to make sure that they have an active backstory. Not just a tragedy in their past that has shaped how they look at the world, but a tragedy in their past that, that has shaped how they have to react to the new things that happen in the world. Or a tragedy that's still ongoing. What happens when, as you said, elements of the tragedy come back or when that is triggered in some way? I think those are the two jobs, the kind of like, and they, they split into two car- categories. Yeah. Um, figuring out what the player wants and helping them figure out how to get it. And then separately, figuring out what you need in order to make the game be active and fun. Yeah, and that's that's really got to be the complicated part, right? It's the fact that, you know, this is a game, but it's also storytelling. So, like, how do you encourage players to create something that they will enjoy and also maybe surprise them if they've never, like, played, like, done a story before and they don't necessarily, like, know what that's like and really get into that aspect as well. It really comes down to, like, who you play and how you play as well. Last thing, like the most useful tool for me is just questions. Things like, Mm -hmm. you say you are a rogue. Why are you a rogue? Where are you a rogue? And how are you a rogue? Quite literally, how are you picking people's pockets? Well, if you're picking people's pockets, then you need to be around people. So you can't be a rogue in the middle of a forest. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. So it really depends on like m- thinking things through. If I were to ask y'all for like your most important advice you would give someone who's creating a character, uh, what would it be? Would that be one of them? Hmm. Hmm, I've stumped them. This is a, <laughs> this is a hard question. Uh, there's a lot of good advice. Yeah. yeah. Is always hardest to pick. I would tell somebody, as as cliche as this may sound, I think I would tell someone focus on what is fun for you first. If you're not sure exactly yes. what your goals are, what you want to achieve, 
or what your character looks like as a personality yet. Focus on what just sounds like a character you want to play, because ideally you will have them for a while. And it's okay if they grow and change as you go along. In fact, I would I would encourage that. So pick something you think you're going to like first and that will interact well with the world and with other party members. My only um, caveat I would add to that is, especially for non-experienced players, there are certain character archetypes that do not tend to interact as much. And they can be fun in their own right, but if you're mm -hmm. not sure what you want, I would steer away from the loner type characters. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you can yeah. find yourself plot isolated and isolated from the other characters. Yeah, I think I would say that it's one of the most important things to give your character when you're starting out is like a goal, something that they want to achieve. Whether or not yes. that's attainable is a whole other question entirely. But in my experience, most interesting characters are driven by something, whatever that something may be, uh, whatever you think is most fun, you know, it's up to you. But you, you do need not necessarily an end point in mind, but something that will inform how inform your decisions and how you interact with the world and how you serve that goal. Mm. I think my advice would have to be do what makes sense. It's a bit of advice I, I found looking for general like role-playing advice and just kind of what I could give uh, to help people with you know everything involved in RPGs. And I think just doing the next most obvious thing can sometimes be a great way to slowly build up a character, especially because stories and characters are so incredible in that when you have created a, a, a character and it's a character that you're going to stick with, it's a character you're having fun with, it's just going to start to come alive and it's going to start telling you exactly kind of who, who that person is. And so I think not bogging yourself down with, you know, how do I become really cool and really, really quirky? And how do I, what's the, the most badass thing I could do? Um, how do I make it cooler and better? And not focusing on making it, you know, the most amazingly crafted, beautiful fantasy character. And instead just making it, making it make sense. Like not making, you know, a, rain, a, a rogue character that picks pockets in the middle of a forest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the obvious answer is... The best, the best answer. answer to keep you moving forward. Interesting. I think finding the obvious answer is often the key to finding the more interesting, like little character bits that you just mm -hmm. didn't expect to come across. But just to, to your point, um, I think this ties in with all three. Commit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You will never, like, you're going to make plenty of mistakes. Your first character, your 17th character, you're going to be like, I, I hate this character. This character sucks. I don't want to play with this character anymore. The good news is it's a game. You don't have to keep playing the character if it sucks. But you will not know if you hate that character until you try fully playing that character. And you may discover that instead of hating the character, you actually love the character. Whatever you discover, you're not going to discover it until you fully sit into it. And that means fully committing to your goal. That means like being active even when your character isn't the one doing something. And that means taking whatever the DM tells you about your character or whatever your character would feel and sitting into it even if it feels awkward at first because you will reap mm. the rewards of sitting in fully until it starts to feel more and more alive. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Yeah. Sorry, can I just add one more thing to mine? No, please. Like please, go ahead. When I say, I just like, when I say, when I say you should have a goal, I don't mean do everything uh, at all costs to reach that goal and be mad when it doesn't, if it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally just like to inform your character decisions. If so, if like you suddenly can't do the thing, <clears throat> trust your DM, talk to them. The communication with your DM is always key, of course. And if the story's not going in a way you want, talk to them. Yeah. And your goal can change. Exactly. exactly. Your goal is often more fun than succeeding at your goal. Playing into an obstacle, trying, like, there's a reason we think clowns are, okay, maybe not clowns, but there's a reason we hilarious when, um, <laughs> there's a reason we sometimes find it really endearing and funny when people try really hard and fail. It's not mm-hmm. fun to see someone break the world and kind of give up on the world. It's fun to see someone try really hard and really think they're going to succeed and fall flat on their face and then get up again and try again in a truly ridiculous, stupid way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just more interesting to see like how people deal with, with failure. Anyway. it's Yeah, yeah. no, I, I totally <laughs> agree. I think it's extremely important to engage. You know what I mean? Like, if your character's just someone who was like, I hate this, like, you know, these people are evil. I'm not going to interact with these people or I'm just too focused on my own like trauma at the same time it's it's a little bit like maybe that is commitment to your character as well but I mean I think that if you can make it engage with what's happening then that's mm-hmm. when you're like really like playing the game I, I think a very important thing to bear in mind as a player for anybody who's listening who plays and a lesson that I frequently have to teach children is as in the real world you are never the main character the npcs Mm -hmm. existed before you got there uh assuming you don't murder all of them they will exist when you leave and the other players have their the other uh characters have their own lives and backstories so it may not be in the nature of your character to be incredibly social but you can really grind the game to a halt by refusing to engage with everyone else uh, and it's not something that I encourage. Find a way to engage, even if you're an antisocial character. Yeah. Find some reason, talk to the DM to get some plot-relevant reason if it's just not something that I would do. But none yeah. of us, none of us are the main character. The DM is God, but none of us. <laughs> <laughs> even is God character. isn't the main character. And if you find, like, the things that are going to make your character not fun to play are when you find that they are not able to engage when you've written yourself out of the story somehow. Yeah. And those are the moments where if you've committed fully and you're like, okay, not working, you can then learn from that and go forwards. Sure. And that's also when you can talk to your DM and say, hey, this isn't working. What's going on here? You know? I feel like a lot of people don't know. You can literally just talk to the GM if if you change something. Like, it's okay. Yeah. We would much rather hear someone come to us and say, hey, I'm having trouble engaging with these things in my, you know, engaging, having fun, and I'm not sure why, or, and I think this is why, um, and help you workshop it, then we are to see you continue to grind things to a halt, as was said. That's the kind of thing that's going to make us not want to give you those backstory-centric things. The things that are going to make us want to give you that is showing us that you want to engage with the story we're telling as well. Totally. Because yeah. we are people too, and we yeah. like love. Yeah, yeah. like we're in it for a story. Like, that's the whole point. But yeah. um, maybe we'll get into more uh, about working with your DM and talking about uh, 
conflict management maybe a little as well next time we get these guys over. But I feel like we've been talking for a fair amount of time Mm -hmm. and I am absolutely thrilled to also continue to play as well. So if y'all don't mind, I'm going to do one little on-air read, then we'll get into storytelling. How do you guys feel about that? Sounds perfect. Great. All right. Let's put the serious face on again for this on-air read. Friends, COVID-19 is disrupting everyone's lives right now, and Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. We want you to know that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our hosts, staff, and the community at large. We've closed both our studios and canceled live events, but our hosts are still doing their best to continue bringing new original programming by broadcasting live and pre-recording from their home studios, like I am, or selecting the best rebroadcast of their past shows. With most of our revenue streams evaporated, we need your help. We realize you may be hurting too, but if you can afford a small donation, it would go a long way toward helping us stay on the air. There are three ways you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. There, you'll find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag that we'd like to send you to say thanks. You can also use your phone to text RFB give five, that's the number five, to 44321. It only takes a moment and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation. Finally, if you shop on Amazon, you can go to amazon.com slash smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to Radio Free Brooklyn and it will cost you nothing. No donation is too big or too small. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish all our listeners health and happiness as we weather the storm together. So thanks guys in advance. uh, And thanks guys for listening, just generally. Even if you can't give, having you here with us has been immensely comforting. So, with that said, I think it's time to get into some gameplay, yeah? For sure. I already talked a little bit about what we're playing and how we're playing it, Um, the fact that it's Dungeons & Dragons, and it's kind of set in, like, an otherworldly version of the Earth with fantasy, and it's set in the past, and it's really, really cool. Definitely listen to our previous episodes on our show page on the website or also on Spotify. But in the meantime, I think maybe we should do an intro to the characters we're all playing, um, and then we get in. How's it sound? Sure. Yeah. Um, So, I guess... I'll go first. Um, I am playing Aomig the Blue, uh, who is a bard, a forest gnome bard, uh, level six. She is someone who used to be someone who kind of helps make bullets for the Scottish rebellion, but has now traveled to the United States in the search of songs and folklore, trying to kind of discover creepy new creatures to tell stories about. I, Dizzy, uh, am playing uh, Lenister the Awesome, uh, or Lenny. Uh, he got into, uh, he's from Greece. He's a cleric of the Tempest Domain. Uh, he's a good Zeus-loving boy, but <laughs> I would say good Christian boy, but no. <laughs> it's, it's Zeus. He just wanted to go to college, and thanks to uh, all the shenanigans that happened last episode, he was able to get a free, uh, free ride to the uh, Mount Washington Observatory with the Monks of the Gale. And uh, now he's on spring break. Uh, it's great. He's having a Ooh. good time. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, so this time, instead of DMing, I will be taking over Lex's character, Captain Tinga, 
I am a Maine Coon Tabaxi. I am a uh, fluffy floof that is over six feet tall. Um, <laughs> um, Timothy's stats are instead gone into a, a cuteness uh, display instead. And uh, yeah, so during the last couple of sessions, uh, Captain Tinga has been able to reclaim her pirate empire on the Saskatchewan. However, during the time that she was exiled, her cabin girl, who was also one of her good friends, was murdered. Uh, she is now seeking the murderer for revenge, hearing that they have fled to New Orleans. And uh, having bumped into the rest of uh, the smuggling gang, is going to see if they are willing to help her track this person down. And I play Kuhn of Dublin, uh, Dublin, New Hampshire, that is. And I'm a berserker barbarian. And I am also in New Orleans for Lenny's spring break. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a student. <laughs> and Amic just really wanted to see this in action, so that's why she's down there. I mean, spring break slash being recruited for for pirate nonsense, but right, you know. yeah, it's okay, so many reasons. What's the difference? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Alexa, take it away. Yeah, um, I'm Alexa. I will be playing myself, aka God. <laughs> no one questioned that, so thank you. I was gonna say you're not Zeus. <laughs> so. We are going to be starting out our story um, at the probably most well-known place, if you're talking about the Mississippi River, uh, New Orleans. It is the very beginning of the turn of the century. Uh, It's 1801, and you've been in New Orleans for a couple of days now, so you know your way around, but you're still not quite used to it. Um, the city itself is an otherworldly place um, to start out. But as soon as you got off the boat, right at the entrance of the river is the beautiful, shining, uh, white St. Louis, Louis Cathedral that just completed construction just a matter of years ago. Beyond that are the, the terraced buildings, each with a balcony overlooking the street. People reveling for variety of parties, everything you could imagine to celebrate, um, gather on on the uh, against the railings and along the streets parades march by in colorful outfits with a variety of people you've never seen quite so many people of quite so many different races just all thrown together like this uh and everything seems to be a celebration funerals marriages and everything in between so you um we're going to, for time's sake, say that you guys have all managed to find each other. Uh, it's not a very large city, so it shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, and you are now discussing your plans for the future along a street corner. And uh, as you're doing so, you kind of hear the ruckus from the crowd on the ground as a parade starts to encroach. Um, it's a very familiar feeling. People start to part ways. You could hear the music and the hollering and the excitement um and that's when you see the funeral march by uh decorated with colorful skeletons um bones and all sorts of kind of death-centered imagery so to start out with i'm gonna have you all make me a wisdom saving throw as this parade goes by oh Oh, wow goodness gracious already (laughs) Uh, that's not great oh where is my wisdom here we go (laughs) oh geez uh (laughs) Thank goodness for a plus six, because that was a four. That's a ten? 
Kike. Uh, uh, so seventeen for Kuhn. Oh, nice. I got a seven. <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe. Are you telling me that Kuhn is the only one out of this entire group to get above a ten? That Phoebe? actually might make sense. Phoebe, what did you get? <laughs> Tinga has an ace. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh god. No. Uh, I wanted to have Kuhn get drunk, but now Kuhn can't get drunk. <laughs> oh, no. Kuhn can absolutely still get drunk. Um, so Kuhn is just holding out his little stone cup and seeing <laughs> who comes by and pours it. He's just holding it out. He's just seeing what happens. Um, so you've been here for a couple of days, but nothing still uh, quite catches your attention like the parades. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the people splitting ways in order to make room for the parade kind of creates a crowd along the sides of the streets. Um, and so there's people and colors and things happening every which direction. Kuhn, uh, you are not so taken with all of these beautiful sights and sounds. Uh, in fact, you have one goal and one goal only, and that is to get someone to fill your goddamn cup. Um, anyone? Anyone for a drink? Come. Kuhn is, Kuhn is heroic. Kuhn is folk. Kuhn is your folk. Come. A drink for Kuhn? Uh, and as you, you are, you're calling this, um, Tinga, you have noticed the shiny bits and dangling bits and all sorts of fun things that make your eyes blow wide. Uh, Lenny, you are just a good Zeus-loving college boy. boy. And you've never seen a party like this. Uh, Meg, this is why you are here. These are the people that you're here to tell a story about. Mm -hmm. Um... However, I'm going to just have Kuhn make a perception check, please. Because Kuhn is great at those. <laughs> Lenny vaguely wonders if it would be in poor taste oh. to cast Speak with Dead, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Oh bit. my god. <laughs> What'd you get? I don't want to say. Oh no. I got a six. Oh. Uh, we're going to okay. do real well, guys. Uh, here, here. I, one thing. I was uh-huh. wondering if I might uh, have Aemig on my shoulder, seeing as we've become such good friends, and I'm I'm used to having my kind of theme song come along with me. Um, yeah. I'm, like, Absolutely. lightly playing, playing, like, a little, like, lute, yeah. like, the whole time, just for, like, background, <laughs> background <laughs> music <laughs> for everything Kuhn <Kuhn-Kuhn> does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I definitely. Yeah, so definitely I might you can notice. Have, can I help if him? If were to, leave. Um, un- unfortunately, Amig, you are far too distracted. Mm, um, okay. But I'm so glad you're up there because okay. June, uh, you're you're focused, um, and you make eyes with somebody that you walk come out of a bar with a pitcher, um, mm-hmm. just next to where you're standing. You make eyes, and they walk towards you. And as uh, they're about to to come over and pour you a cup of their finest, whatever will get you drunk Uh, as fastest. Yes, Yes, good. You feel uh, a gentle tap on your shoulder. Not now, no. Make mine an old-fashioned. Yes, Kuhn? Kuhn for an (laughs) old-fashioned? Excuse me, um, so sorry to bother you, uh, sir. It's fine. I can give you my autograph. I don't mind. Uh, no, uh, sir, sir, uh, and I think Amig at this point in time, uh, yeah. Kuhn, I'm imagining you have probably turned yourself by this point. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so Amig, you have noticed this sudden shift beneath you as right. Kuhn suddenly turns to face away from oh. the parade. Right, I'm looking at it as he turns around, I'm like, no, 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 wait, 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 uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you oh, look hello. down, uh, and there's a small young elf. Doesn't look to be maybe 70, 
80 at most. Oh, baby. Um, yeah, a, a wee little lad. Uh, his ears are very long. Um, his hair is kind of like a mop that uh, looks like a darkened greenish, uh, bluish black um, and has a texture almost of seaweed. His skin is a slimy green color um, with black markings um, along his face that might potentially be tattoos. Hmm. Um, uh, I'm going to just adjust my face and whisper to Eivig. I, le- I lean down so I can like... <laughs> what? What was that? I feel like uh, this is mean to people with eczema. Eg- eczema. <laughs> he stands there and all he's wearing is a pair of overalls. Uh, his feet are bare and it looks as if they're almost webbed. Um, he also has a straw hat that he's kind of nervously fidgeting with in his hands. Do the um, rest of us see this lad? I don't know. Has Kuhn uh, alerted you in any way? Uh, uh, sure. Um, hey, uh, folks, come. Kuhn has found um, uh, a drink provider. Uh, Tinka, uh, I tear my attention away from all of the, the shiny toys that I want to bat with my little paws and also <laughs> make mine forever. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not in, actually, no, I'm a main Kuhn. I like water, so this, this dude's dripping appearance doesn't, is not a problem for me. I think Lenny is also just like, oh, what? Hi. (laughs) Yes, I found a fan. Everyone meet my fan. Okay, Kuhn. Calm down. Uh, Hello, hello, young man. Um, What what can we do for you, fine sort of webbed fellow? Uh, uh, Hello. Uh, I'm so sorry to bother you, but um, my name's Jay, and... I was looking, you you look like a couple of strong adventurer types, and I, I was wondering if you might be able to help us. Uh, Kuhn poses. Kuhn what do you poses. need help with? Uh, uh, and he kind of like shifts his focus, but still is staring at Kuhn in like a okay kind of a way. Yes. Um, and shift his focus over to you, Lenny. I, um, I don't like to say its name, but there's a, a bit of a beast problem that we've got going on oh, uh, out in the bayou. Ooh, uh, and immediately leans in and goes, oh, my goodness. She goes, oh, my goodness. What, like, what kind? Is it clawed? Does it have gills? Does it have claws and gills? Uh, <laughs> Kuhn stops Amig mo- uh, from falling off. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> mostly, mostly claws, ma'am. You see, it started out uh, about a month ago when our, our, our livestock started disappearing. And then we started finding them dead. Um, and just oh. last week, our neighbor, uh, their paw... He went missing in the forest, and we're real worried because there's all sorts of critters in the bayou. And well, well, you've never heard of this before. Well, of course I've heard of it. I know exactly what it is. I can't well, tell you though. Can you write it down? Can uh, you- I don't know how to write. Oh, how honey, about you? Okay. How about uh-huh. you tell me in in my ear, and Kuhn uh, will repeat it to Amig. I can. And Amig will repeat it to <laughs> Tinga. Oh, yeah, and terrible Tinga will fantasy version of Lenny. telephone. <laughs> Well, I can't tell you what it is, or, or and I can't write, but but I can show you. Okay, you absolutely. Come with me How many words? Village. Four words. Whole idea. Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna follow this. Okay, yeah, all do, right. Do we believe him? Do we believe <laughs> this guy? This is a child. I mean, we should <laughs> we should probably help out this child if nothing else. Man. Um, I mean, right? I mean, seventy-year-old elves are like babies, right? Yes. All right. This is a baby he, he, child. Yeah, he looks like a young. <laughs> Equivalent of a young teenager. Yeah, mm. he's like thirteen. 
Yeah. Well, I, I mean, by all means, lead the way if you know exactly where this beast is. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I didn't mean to bother you. And he uh, continues this kind of like stumbling spiel as you walk through. Well, uh, cl- clearly you did mean to bother us, but uh, that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sometimes bothering is okay. You you can bother people when you're in danger. <laughs> uh, thank Amy, you. Do you want down? No, I'm okay. <laughs> Continues at the back of this procession, very hesitantly. She is mostly here because she knows everyone else in this party is a nicer person than her, and they won't help her look for her girlfriend's murderer if she just gets off right now. Um, can Kuhn kind of turn to Amig and say, "I was thinking more of a charade situation, but all right." Well, I mean, why wait through a whole weird dance when we could just uh, see the dance for ourselves? Are we thinking a? A jig or a, a little bit of a, uh, any kind of like. Possibly an aggressive, violent waltz. A waltz? Maybe. Uh, Kuhn imagines himself waltzing and likes the image, nods, and follows. I think the boy does not quite process half of what you're saying and is like trying to like respond to all of everything at the same time as still trying to like stumblingly explain exactly where they're going and what's going on, but without saying anything. And he seems extremely nervous and scared. But you follow him out um, past the city limits, not too, too far, uh, but you don't have to go too, too far to find the bayou in the middle of, you know, Louisiana. And so you're probably been walking for two hours when you come across what he announces to be his village. Um, What you all see to begin with looks like a bunch of trees, Mm. albeit interestingly shaped trees, but trees nonetheless. And I'm going to ask you all to make an investigation check. All right, all right, all right. Significantly better than the first roll. Hmm, that's a seven. Uh, I have, Tinga has a 12. I have a 20. So I have either a 19 or an 18. Uh, well, that's that's the fine line between passing and ultimate failure, so I need I to know. 19, I have 19, <laughs> Okay. I think. So, Tinga, what did you get? I have a 12. Awesome. So everyone pretty much but Lenny, um, Kuhn and Aomig, you notice it faster as you both have a, uh, a lead as well as a, a higher perch. Um, <laughs> But as you draw closer, the smog and fog and kind of mist that lingers over the water starts to clear um, and the trees start to take on the shape of uh, houses and homes. And they they are built higher up in the trees um, as though, you know, classic tree house style uh, with variety of bridges kind of interconnecting them over the water. There's also, it looks like, a couple of uh, entrances at the bases of trees that appear to be elf made, uh, leading into what you assume to be is underground uh, an underground portion of the village. Lenny, man, these are some cool trees. Wow, trees. <laughs> For all this book learning, Lenny's not that perceptive, huh? <laughs> uh, I will say, it is. It, there are interesting trees. The bayou is a very interesting place. It has a very strong bass note that just seems to resonate through the air. Lenny is just like, what kind of storms do you get through here? <laughs> uh, all sorts. We, we mostly get hurricanes. Um, big, big hurricanes. That's why we build our home, homes up in the trees so that they don't flood. Oh, that's um, smart. Come this way. Uh, she's waiting for you. Um, she? As we pass, I just want to again kind of like nudge Amig and point and say, 
you could live there. Uh, nice summer home. I suppose I could, but it'd only be fun if you were there to have some fun. June blushes. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, only so, if you're there to uh, put me in the tree. Um, so the little little blushing. crook elf moves forward across the dry land and uh, approaches the edge of the water. Uh, in doing so, you notice there's a small little boat. You get in, go a little bit deeper through you know, more of the water-based part of the bayou until you reach a small hut separated from the rest. And the entirety of the outside looks like something more appropriate for Baba Yaga. There's a collection of bones that decorate the outside quite uh, nicely, but it is still decorated with bones. Um, It's from a variety of creatures, animals, humanoids, types of creatures that you're not sure which types of creatures that might be both. So... did the beast mm-hmm. kill these? Aomig asks our guide. Oh, no. This is this is where the ancestors sleep. Okay. Well, Mama Gree, she, she keeps them safe, and she uses their power to help us all. But these aren't fresh. These ancestors have been dead here for, well, longer than I've been alive. Oh, can I talk to them? Uh, oh, wait. You can try. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Lenny has no friends. <laughs> are, 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 you a- <laughs> are you asking in character? Yeah, I think Lenny's like, I mean, do you want us to ask, the, like, I can I can ask them if you don't want to tell us about the, the creature. Tang, Tanga's gonna punch uh, Hewn, uh, mostly playfully, on his lower arm. Don't be mean to Lenny, just because all of his friends are dead. That's perfectly <laughs> acceptable. I, I have you. Uh, he nods and rubs at the one spot on his body where there isn't a huge amount of muscle. <laughs> Maybe. Um, So in response to your question, uh, can I talk to them, you don't hear the little boy. Instead, you see um, a kind of short and stout woman standing there, and uh, she just goes, talk to them. What do you think they're going to say to you, girl? Boy? Girl? Uh, Who cares? Dragon. It's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dragon? Dragonborn. Uh, No, it's fine. Most people can't tell at a glance. Don't worry about it. Look, Um, you just look like all those little folks. Come inside. Come inside. I'm going to tell you all about it. I think it's pretty Um, obvious that you're a dragon. Well, no, I, it's not very obvious I'm a boy. I, we don't have very many secondary sex characteristics. It's like, it's a whole <laughs> very blue. Um, yeah, I am blue. Eyes. <laughs> Amazing. Very blue. Uh, good, good job on the blue. Th- thank as you. As you're saying all this, she kind of uh, gets behind you and sort of like pushes the group into Oh, okay. The yeah, we're going to do it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, just doesn't gently lead them through. Yeah. Karen is going to like get down like like uh um stoop down so that Amig doesn't hit the top of the the uh, thing. I'll, like, I'll just yeah, get it down. is a very like, kind of like low. No, 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 no. Okay. Keeping you on the shoulder. Just oh. like <laughs> you, I will say, Kuhn, if you wanna if you wanna keep Amig up there, you're gonna have to like kneel on your knees. Kuhn will kneel. Pretty, very, okay. Kuhn takes a knee. Oh damn. <laughs> um so as she's pushing you in there, just as soon as she gets you over the threshold, she says, Now, I'm assuming you guys are here about the Rougarou? Uh, the Rougarou? The Rougarou. Yes. Uh, yeah, of course. We're big old monster, that. big teeth, claws. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that claws? Yeah, sounds right. Sure, yeah. that thing. Excellent. Well, here's the deal. That thing's been coming around about every other night now. I'm really sorry about this, Johnny. But we found your neighbor. Not so good. We expect that he's going to attack again tonight. We need folks like you to help us. Specifically, because we don't want you to kill it. We just want you to trap it. Oh, no. Ooh. And what, what, oh. what pray tell, are you going to do with this creature? Well, there are ways of undoing the curse that's been led on it, but can't do anything like that unless you're going to be, you know, 
not bring the curse upon yourself. So it's a cursed creature. It's not. It's not like. It's not like a full-on creature. What do you think a rukuru is? Some I sort of a, a a natural being? I mean, could you like explain? Yeah, I've no. Does does and do any of us know what this is? Tinga would like to roll knowledge history to see if she has any idea. Uh, yeah, Tinga, you would probably be the most likely. Anyone else though who would like to roll can, can go ahead and try roll to nature. I'll roll. Um, it would probably be more of a history check, not a nature yeah, check. Uh, plus three. I, I have an 18. Do I know what this thing may be? I have a 16. Hune uh, fails and uh, says to Amig, the property value just went down. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, mm, not worth getting a home then. Um, no, no, Lenny, no. did you roll by any chance? Lenny? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I okay. I thought about it, and then I was like, eh. Okay, I just wasn't <laughs> sure. Um, <clears throat> so for the two of you, you have both heard of um, a Rougarou, uh, but you've heard it more as the Lougarou uh, from the French for werewolf. Uh, oh, um, uh, <laughs> However, for Lenny's benefit, the old woman continues um, and uh, and says... And Kuhn's. Kuhn gets a benefit, too. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I forgot Kuhn failed. Um, for Kuhn and Lenny's benefit, she continues on. She says, they're individual people who buy you who've been cursed by a, a hag. We've got a bunch of them down here in swamps, mm. but they've been cursed. And they've got a head of a wolf or a bear or a beast. They're like uh, Luzo, the, the, the weird creatures, you know? Ah. Uh, uh, yes. The, the weird rats and the weird wolves and... Except they yes. can't quit form at will. They're always this beast. Uh, sleep at day, live at night, and they can't transform. They're just stuck, half man, half beast. Do you think you can mm, cure That it? does sound like quite something to struggle with. Well, I got me here, and she kind of goes over and she shuffles um, a few things around. She goes, I got me here some nut hag blood. You drink oh. enough of this, and it'll cure any curse you got. Oh. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that sounds about right. Fascinating. She finishes up by saying, um, if you guys want to not transfer yourselves and make yourselves into the Rougarou, there's only one thing you have to do, and that's to make sure that you don't spill any of its blood, because the second you make it bleed, that curse is going to transfer straight to you. Oh, Lord. Well, um, so does, does it bleed? Does it, is it when the blood gets on the person, or is it just the blood exists and then we're now beasts? We're hecked. Nah. Any creature, sentient, unsentient, that goes ahead and gives it some sort of a, a cut or... or Bleeding bruise or anything like that. A bruise curse too. That's an impressive defense mechanism. Does a bruise count or not? Bleeding bruise. You know, like you stumble and you fall and you got you got a knee. You scraped your knee. Uh, Bleeding bruise. Kuhn holds up his forearm to ask if this is what they mean. (laughs) To see the the mark where Tinga punched. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. I'm going to go ahead and say let's jump ahead to um, you guys laying a trap or yeah. coming up with an alternate plan. All right. Uh, Amix I- is Amig is going to suggest, like, just, you know, putting a bait trap. You know what I mean? Like, he's she's going to volunteer to uh, sit somewhere in the open and play a little tune and just make some noise. Kune is, is going to immediately stand in front of Amig and volunteer instead. Aww. Kuhn, I My hate goodness. to talk to you, but I think that Aomid looks a little bit more edible than you do. Kuhn, <laughs> you, will, you will provide the element of surprise when you run in when they appear and you shout surprise and then you catch them. 
Kieran is convinced. He <laughs> steps back and hangs <laughs> his head a bit in shame, for he believes that he is the one who can take the most damage and therefore should be the one who is literally in the thing's mouth. Well, hopefully it won't be, uh, you know, Amig won't be in its mouth. Yeah, please but, save yeah. me before I'm in its mouth. <laughs> yeah, I do uh, have a person, but I don't know if it'll work. I have Gust of Wind as a backup. <laughs> so if we set All that right. trap, um, Amig is also going to um, inspire Kuhn to fight without cutting it open by saying a little poem. There once was a hero named Kuhn who was challenged to capture the moon. So he mounted his moose who flew up like a goose and rocketed toward that big glowing rock's doom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a tear falls down Kuhn's eye, uh, from Kuhn's eye, and he, uh, he mouths the word Stanley uh, and <laughs> thinks about the lack of moose. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Moose wouldn't have done well in the bayou, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, Kuhn is going to look for some rope. Yeah, I think you guys should have rope. Trying to get a lot of rope. Okay, you, you got a lot of vines there, buddy. <laughs> All right, you know what, that'll work. So I guess the basic plan is we're gonna put Aomig like down at the base of this tree. The rest of us will be hiding in the tree and Lenny is going to attempt to cast Hold Person on the Ruguru. And if that doesn't work, uh, maybe Kuhn will jump down and like sit on it. And uh, <laughs> Kuhn would always be happy to sit on on a, anything that's yeah. scary. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but just kind of <laughs> crush it. But uh, Kuhn starts laying the vines kind of like at perpendicular angles and realizes it looks a little bit like a net. Okay. Is but he's not do anything? enough to come up with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does, does Lenny see this? Lenny is on his way to a college degree, so he might <laughs> put together a net. Tinga is a sailor and knows ropes. Can Tinga go uh, and just start knotting the net while staring at Absolutely. Him? Yes. <laughs> go ahead, give me a sleight of hand roll for, for not tying. Can oh. I try one too? Yeah. <laughs> you have just a bit. Um, take that with advantage, Phoebe. Yes. That is not 20 with advantage. Ayo. And that's a big 12 with none. Fantastic. Uh, Kuhn, you are definitely sitting there just trying your best. Tinga takes it out of your hands, tests it for you, and then hands it back. <laughs> Tinga... In, in, I loosened it up for you. <laughs> in true uh, cat style, Tinga just takes it, and as if <laughs> batting uh, a thing of yarn, she just kind of continues, like, batting it with her hands, and, and very soon you have a fully functioning net. Um, you don't even see her tie a single knot. It's just a net now. Amazing. So where are you guys placing the net? Is it directly beneath the tree? Uh, I we, think perhaps we can we tie like to oh, the sorry. side of Umig somewhere so that when we either drop the net or pull it up, we don't catch Umig in it with the Yeah. What I want to do is like, nice. figure out a way that we can have the net lying under the water and uh, oh. kind of like in a swampy area so that it's yeah. hidden, but like tied and then the rope kind of like... Uh, like draped over branches, but hanging down behind trees. So we can hide behind the trees. And as soon as it gets close to Amig, pull and hopefully, is that at all possible? Am I, I'm not good at physics. Anything's possible if you're rolling that 20. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you set the plan in motion uh, and you finish it just before dark. So you're waiting there for just a few hours, Amig, uh, at the base of the tree. And then a heavy mist uh, rolls in. Ooh, um, it's quite thick and it kind of comes in this unnatural wall. Almost seems to be centering around your location. You hear 
a howl. You do see um, a figure just at the very outstretches of uh, your sight, making its way. Um, you can only tell the difference between it and the trees surrounding it because it seems to be moving forward, growing bigger. And as you watch it, it disperses into the fog and disappears oh just before it's about to kind of enter into the little clearing that you have in front of your tree. Can I cast Gust of Wind? Yes. Lani's <laughs> gonna cast Gust of Wind to attempt to blow away the mist. Okay, so yeah, you all kind of saw this, uh, this figure um, and you cast Gust of Wind um, revealing your position in the tree. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, you do successfully manage to sweep away the fog of revealing that there's nothing there. Ayomik, can you give me a perception check, please? Sure. Overall, it's a seven. <laughs> can you try to inspire Ayomik back? <laughs> you try to throw the inspiration back, unfortunately, no. <laughs> Just starts quoting poetry. Um, <laughs> Shall I compare thee to an empty whiskey mug? No, <laughs> I am full. The end. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Aemig, you are far too distracted by this figure coming towards you, the gust of wind suddenly coming from the tree, um, yep. that you do not have enough time to notice. Oh, no. And suddenly you feel a presence directly behind you, hovering above you. Oh, no. And then you hear a low growl. You uh, look around, and it is a creature with a humanoid body, the same kind of webbed feet as the elf and the same kind of colored mucky skin. And instead of regular hands, he has these massive claws. Uh, instead of a regular head, it is a contorted elf's head that is misshapen to look like a wolf. Oh boy. We don't have enough time for initiative. So no. um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to attack you and then- Oh, great. Uh, in terms of surprise. And then uh, I guess, uh, tell me what each of you wants to do and we'll make ability checks based on that. Cool. Great. What's your AC? 17. That is a 21. Mm. Well, okay, well. <laughs> I rolled a 17 though, so you're very close. He takes um, this large swipe at you, aiming for, well, all of you, because that's how big his paws are. Um, oh, boy. The bigger to hug us with. <laughs> and you take seven damage. Ow. And that is kind of across the, the, the chin, chest, lower abdomen area. Seeing that, can you uh, literally run forward through the weeds and just try to push Amig out of the way and stand in front? Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. So you take your action. Um, do you? You're you're up in the tree, correct? Uh, no, I'm I'm like behind the tree at the bottom, so I can pull the rope. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I'm, I I think I would not have gone far away from Amig. Okay, so you're you're still pretty close. Yeah. Um, there is kind of like a, a brush against the back. Um, mm -hmm. So you are still not hidden hidden, but you wouldn't have been the first to be seen, like Aemig out in the right. middle of nowhere. So you uh, shove Aemig out of the way just after the, the beast kind of claws her, and it stands there and like sort of growls at your, your, your face, like very, very close. I, uh, I want to cast Fear... Uh, it needs to make a wisdom saving throw. All right. What am I aiming for here? 
Actually, 13. It does, it's does 13. that matter? I got a three. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, great. So it has to take a dash action and move away from me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to like move around it so that it like try to like basically herd it into where the net is. Okay. Um, And what are you doing to? Is there anything in particular you're doing to like? It says it? it says you project a phantasmal image of the creature's worst fears. Okay, <laughs> for flavor, um, Aomig kind of does a, a duck and roll over to the side uh, of the clearing, uh, away from the direction of the net, uh, and turns towards the beast that is growling in Kuhn's face, yells some torty remark, uh, uh, some witty remark, and then between the two of them um, appears a towering figure of a night hag, her arms kind of outstretched, her her fingers long like the the rougarous and her head just facing down and the rougarou looks over curiously a little bit of of what you assume to be fear and panic in its eyes and then the night hag just looks up and in doing so the rougarou kind of takes several steps backwards um and trips into the net cool can i cast hold okay Can can Captain Tinga make a uh, probably dex save to pull that net closed? Or sorry, dex check, I would assume. Yeah, um, because uh, Kuhn is not there anymore. So yeah, Tinga, go ahead. All right. That is a 16. Yeah, that would would pull that nice and taut. Um, In doing so, though, you kind of snap it out of its its reverie. And it's not going to... It's still terrified of the night hag that it can see, you know, staring at it on the ground. Um, but it is now focusing its anger and attention on uh, those of you still left in the tree. Uh, so, Lenny. <laughs> Thank you for giving okay. me something to do. You're uh, welcome. Wait, no, you, uh, you roll uh, saving throw against 14. Wisdom. Okay. Nine. Get wrecked. Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Susie. Love we come to my embrace. <laughs> with the aid of whole person, can I try to do non-lethal damage to this possessed, um, transformed person or crick elf uh, by tackling and like, like basically suffocating until uh, they pass out? Um, you're gonna have to give me a strength check on that. Except, be careful because if you go too high, you'll kill him. Okay. Interesting. Could, could, could the inspiration I gave uh, Q be, to be lower act it as like a subtraction? Yes. yes. If it's too high. Um, yes, too high. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be too high. Uh, <laughs> ten total. Ten. Ten total. Oh my god, that's perfect. Yeah, you just kind of like lull him off like you're singing a baby a lullaby. <laughs> Go to sleep, Stanley. Too. <laughs> So upon completing this this task, um, the the old elderly elf woman comes out um, from seemingly nowhere. You, she tends she tends to look like she just kind of comes out of the fog, having walked across the water to reach you. And she kind of comes up to you and just goes, oh, "Look at you, y'all Yankees, y'all are real good." <laughs> Tell you what? what, what I'm gonna do for you? We got a special fet- petrified tree that we got growing here just beyond our village. Now, these petrified trees, they're amazingly magical ingredients. I don't know how y'all are with potion brewing and and rituals and all that, but let me tell you, this will add just the right spice you need for any magical occasion. 
I'm gonna grant you each a root from that tree that you can use wherever you want to. As wow. a thank you for everything that you've done for our village. Aww. Tinga appreciates this and like fluffs up her wisdom <laughs> a little bit more. I have a slightly different request. Is there anything you can give me, magic or otherwise, that will help me with revenge? Revenge? I say it, huh? Well, Tink- I'll tell you what, honey. You come right back to my house with me, and I'll give you just the thing that you need for good revenge. Are we talking bloody? We're talking long, drawn out, fast? You're trying to get someone back? I am a cat, so <laughs> I like So I do like to go back and forth with such things. Uh, to toy with people, I will. I will give you a little more detail. This is not revenge on a lover. This is uh, this is revenge on a per- on the person who killed my lover. Oh wow, that's upsetting. Are you okay, Tinga? No, I'm really not. I'm sorry. I didn't know that was like. Oh, Lenny like goes as if to pat Tinga on the shoulder. Thinks better of it. Um. <laughs> uh, Kuhn offers some whiskey. Yeah, so I think, I think if you can do this, what I would like is for something awful to happen to this person, for them to feel like they are recovering from it, and then for something worse to happen, and then to die. Okay, so you mean like the current world situation. Perfect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Except for the the death part. (laughs) Just, you know, yeah, small respite. Um... Just as an expose for the very end, um, she she takes you back to her home uh, and hands you a knife um, that looks like it's been made from some sort of a large tooth. Um, and tells you a quick legend about a black dragon that lives uh, beneath the waters of the Mississippi. Um, and that uh, this was taken... Um, by adventurers some time ago and is one of its teeth that has been turned into a dagger. Um, and it's known specifically for causing people to become poisoned um, over a length of time that you determine. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Mm. I love this. So all I have to do is find this person. But yeah. I'm really it, happy with this present. It can only be used once per... A person can only use its power once, though, so you wouldn't be able to use it again for revenge, but you could use it as a decker. All right, I'll, I will take it. Sweet. Thank you so much. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you guys had fun. That was... Yeah, my... yeah that was that was great. Thank you so much oh, for uh, leading that game. That was an awesome... I had a good time. Yeah. I love how, like, we're, we always end up, like, spending so much time, like, just kind of, like, derping around with the characters because it's just so much fun. Then at the end, we're all like, oh, yeah, we have to, we have to do a thing. Let's roll for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you to everyone who was listening. Thank you to you guys for uh, continuing to be here. Uh, and hopefully we'll get you guys on again next month. But in the meantime, everyone stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day. And uh, make sure to tune in next time on Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Bye, everyone. Bye.